Hey everybody, welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. Today, as we continue talking about things that keep us from God, we're going to be digging deep into the depths of our own yucky and prideful hearts. My sunroom is on the cold side today, so I'm bundled up again with my blanket and my coat, and I can't quite see my breath in the air, but it's it's close. That's okay. I don't mind. I'm happy to sit out here and give you guys better sound quality and hang out, and and it's actually really nice to get away every now and then like this, and even if it is into a crowded space full of my boxes of stuff that I will one day unpack. So as I've been thinking about this series, and thinking about the Pharisees and the religious Jews that Jesus encountered, and thinking about our modern evangelical church, and thinking about myself, it's been interesting. And like I said last week, I'm not sharing this series as somebody who's trying to condemn an institution that I feel is a mess, or like people that I'm angry with, or anything like that. I'm speaking as one of them, as one of us, and just talking about somebody who I've been here. Like I... I know this. I know what it looks like, even when you think it's not. I know what it feels like. I know I know it because I've lived this. And so today I want to talk about pride. And in John 8, the Jews come and they have this confrontation with Jesus. And I find it really interesting because it starts out saying that the Jews who believed in him came and he was talking to them. But as the confrontation goes on, it sure doesn't look like they actually believe in him. Because they are getting quite heated and angry by some of the things that he says. And at the end, they are ready to kill him. And that just strikes me as interesting on many levels. Especially as I compare that with our Christianese bubble world in our evangelical Christian culture. People who say they believe in Jesus. And yet so often I wonder if the real Jesus was here with us, would they also want to stone him? Would he touch on some of our pet ideas. And I think he would, honestly, looking at my own experiences and how I've been brought out of this kind of mindset, thanks to some really hard circumstances, and brought into a place where I understand more of grace and hearts over behaviors and stuff like that. There's this whole conversation that he has here in John 8, and he's telling them that basically they're not actually sons of God that they're sons of the devil, and they're freaking out and telling him that they are not illegitimate children, that they are God is their father and Abraham is their father. And he basically tells them, like, if you really knew God, like, you would know me. But you don't. You want to kill me. And that's, that's pretty hard. Their pride and self-assurance kept them from seeing Jesus for who he was. He was God. Like, they claimed God is our father. But somehow it was a God of their own invention, and not the real God who was speaking to them at that very moment. And that's heartbreaking to me, you guys. Like, I don't want people to think that they know God and then only discover, like, oh, that wasn't actually the real God. That was the God of my own invention, a God that I made in my own image, and it had nothing to do with the real and true God. And unfortunately, I really think that is what happens so often within our Christianese 
world. And it crosses denominational lines. It's not just evangelicals that are like this. Like there's other denominations that struggle with this, other forms of evangelicalism that struggle with this. But just this idea of creating this God in your image and having your own ideas and your own thoughts and your own understandings of things and then declaring them to be the word of God and moving forward in a way that if the real God actually came and confronted you, you would be so angry that you would want to kill him. Oh, I used to be like this, guys. Like I said last week, this is not something that I'm preaching to you guys from like, oh, and those people over there, like this was me until just a few years ago. I would never have acknowledged it at that point. I would never have noticed it. I would never have told you that's who I was. But I look back on myself and I'm like, yes, yes, I was just as Christianese as any of them. And I was just as sure that I was right in my pride and my self-assurance as any of them. And if Jesus had come and confronted me on some of the things that I held very dear, ideas and thoughts that I thought for sure were true, I would probably have been just as angry. And this is where the whole deconstruction, reconstruction thing comes in because, guys, I don't want us to just be like deconstructing and throwing it all apart and then just reconstructing something of our own invention. In my reconstruction, I am still trying to follow scripture. I'm still trying to follow God. I'm still trying to understand truth and not just making up my own thing, what feels right to me. And yet, as I interpret scripture differently, as I look to the original meaning and the author's intents, and I look into historical context, I just see things different than I used to see them before. And I realize there's a lot of room that's not clear. There's a lot of gray stuff where we're like, ah, I think that's what this means. And there's really only a few core things that we can hang all of our assurances on and say, yes, this, like this is truth. And that's kind of an uncomfortable place to be. And it's definitely a humbling place to be. It's not a place where you can be proud of your knowledge or your assurances. And yet, I really believe that is the narrow way of Jesus. Like, it's this awkward middle way, trying to blunder your way through and find the balance of grace and truth. That's who Jesus was. He was astonishing in his grace, and he was just kind of offensive in his grace. And he was astonishing in the things that he valued and the things that he didn't value. Like, he didn't make any sense to these religious people who thought they knew exactly what it was God was looking for. And in their pride, they did not want to acknowledge they could be wrong. They were not willing to reach for humility, and they missed God. I think back on who I was when I first started blogging. My son is going to be 10 this spring. So it's going to be nine years because he was a baby when I first started. And I think about just the heart that I had as I was starting out as a blogger. And so much of it was pride. I was really reacting to people like Rachel Held Evans. Sorry, Rachel. And people like her that were just kind of confronting some of the stuff within the church. And I didn't actually read any of her things. I was just really upset by more of the progressive mindset and people just kind of pulling away from what I felt were traditional Christian values and questioning things and wondering about things. And I was just highly offended by it all. And I wanted to get my voice out there and tell people that, you know, you could experience this Christian cult like I did and you could still be a Christian who like, you know, followed the Bible and loved Jesus. 
And yet I didn't differentiate the fact that I was just as religious as the people that I lived with in my cult for years. I just looked different. Like maybe I had different standards and different ideas of what was right and wrong, but my heart was just as religious. Like it was right there condemning and judging. I was so sure that I was right about things, even things that I had no understanding of or no, even like had done no research on. I was so sure that I was right, that my ideas were right. And I was so angry. And I just self-righteously wondered why couldn't people end up being like me? And I look back on that person and it's, it's hard. It's hard to even admit that to you guys here to realize that's just who I was. Like I was caught up in that same religion. And so guys, I speak to myself as I call out the evangelicals. I'm speaking to me. I was there. I was in it. I get it. I understand. And then we talked about this. Circumstances happened. There was a lot of church hurt that happened. And I found myself rejected and condemned with no way of hope or restoration, tossed aside, broken like I'd never been broken before. I'd never felt that kind of hurt. I'd never felt that kind of just absolute rejection or just hopelessness. And I remember one day just being like, if I didn't know Jesus for myself, I would probably walk away from all of this right now. Like I'd be done. And suddenly I got it. Suddenly I understood why these people were walking away from their faith. I understood why they were questioning and doubting everything. And in my brokenness, I was able to find understanding. I read books by Rachel Held Evans and by other authors that were in her same circle. And I understood. Maybe we didn't come to the same conclusions, but I realized how they got there. It made sense to me. And yes, I'm still not progressive. I guess fully, if you want to call it. I'm still orthodox. I still have these creeds of the faith that I hold to. And yet, there's so many things that I've rethought and rewondered things that I would never have considered ever questioning. Um, just what do we do with the LGBTQ gate in the community like that? Like, what do we do with that? How do we approach that? How do we love these people? How do we respond to people? How do we respect people? and use their pronouns, and just stuff like that. I would never have considered questioning my firmly held beliefs, which I look back on, I'm like, they were crazy. I had no idea what I was talking about. I had no understanding. I had no, no knowledge. I had no nothing. And I look at where I am now, which is kind of, once again, the very awkward middle way, like I always end up in. And, you know, the beliefs that I hold about gender and about sexuality and about God creating us male and female, like those are my personal beliefs. Just the other day, we were, my kids and I were at the eye doctor. This is like our third trip there in the last few weeks because each kid had their own eye appointment. I couldn't get them scheduled together. And then we had to go back again and pick up my daughter's glasses. And there was a wonderful person that was helping us the whole time we were there, every, th- every time. And I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl. Um, and so, but they were just wonderful and really kind. And so as we were checking out the last time, I just asked them, I said, you know, thank you so much for helping us. What, you know, what's your name? And they told me it was Arden, which didn't really help me. And I was pretty sure they were female, but they were dressing very masculine. So I just asked Arden, what are your pronouns? And Arden said, he, they. I said, awesome. Thanks so much, Arden. We really appreciate you. You know, we'll see you next time. And we walked away. Guys, my kids are 11 and 9. And we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. I do not hide this from them. I do not try to avoid talking about 
people who are in the LGBTQI community, people who you know struggle with their gender identity. I, we don't. We just talk about it all the time. And my daughter asked me, like, Mama, wasn't that kind of rude to ask Arden what his pronouns were? And I said, no, it's not at all. It's actually really respectful. And she was like, why? And I said, because we're telling Arden that we see them. Like, we see them. We recognize who they are as a person. I said, we don't have to agree. We, you know, we can think maybe Arden really is biologically female. We don't have to agree with the fact that, you know, this person is a male or female. But we can respect their experiences and their expression. And we can love them. And we can ask their pronouns. We can use their pronouns. And we can make sure they know that they are loved and they are seen and they are respected. It was a great conversation. Like both of my kids, like it was really great. Guys, that conversation would not have happened six years ago. My heart would have been in a very different place. Very much full of pride. Thinking that I knew what was right and wrong. And I would have missed the opportunity to love somebody who was made in God's image. And this is my heart for the evangelical church here in America. I want them to wake up. I want us to wake up and to see all the ways that we have just allowed ourselves to be so sucked into pride, fear, unbelief, and missing the real God. Guys, Jesus chose the broken people. He chose to hang out with the ones that society rejected. You do realize that Arden is the kind of person Jesus would have been hanging out with, right? And so when evangelicals condemn and reject with known understanding or knowledge, like it just breaks my heart. But I can't I can't be judgmental because I've been there. I was that person. Guys, there's a lot of other things I've questioned. A lot of other things I'm willing to look at now that I see things from a more humble perspective. Now that I've felt the judgmental wrath of what it feels like to be on the other side when you're one of the bad ones. Being there in humility and brokenness, it has given me a place of freedom and peace. I have found just a sense of confidence in who I am, in my real self, and not having to perform. And I have found an amazingly gracious, loving, real God. God has not changed. God has always been who he's been forever and ever and ever. But my understanding of him has changed over the years. And I'm so grateful for the patient way he has just shown me who he is and just continually revealed new pieces and new aspects and new perspectives. And guys, that is what I want for all of you, my listeners. That is what I want for everyone in the evangelical church. That's what I want for everybody in the world. I want everyone to be able to lay aside their own ideas, their own preconceived ideas, and to truly seek truth, to say, God, who are you? I want to know you. Show me who you are and be okay with that. Be okay with whoever he is. Be okay with whatever craziness he reveals to you without having these rigid religious beliefs that we must hold on to. Just being willing to allow him to be who he is. Jesus was radical. Jesus was crazy. Jesus did things that were socially unacceptable, religiously unacceptable. And he was God. And I can sit here in odd silence for a long time just thinking about that. Next week, we're going to talk about unbelief, the last of the three things that I want to talk about that hold us back from God. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time. 
Keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect with a community of people who are looking for the real God.